Welcome to Season 3 of Between Two Blue Devils, a podcast about the amazing educators, students, alumni, and citizens of beautiful Talmadge, Ohio. This season is going to be the best season yet as we sit down with people who have incredible stories to share and who are having an impact on our kids, in our community, and in our world. Now be sure to subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you listen to your podcasts on. If you like what you hear, please leave a review and give the podcast a rating. This is how we get the message out about our amazing schools and community. Now, crank up the volume, grab some coffee, kick up your feet, and get ready to be wowed as Season 3 begins. Today I have the luxury of having my very first repeat guest. Now, if you've been a faithful listener to Between Two Blue Devils, and you go way back to the beginning, and you think about one of your most favorite episodes from season one, no doubt this was most likely your favorite episode. How do I know that? Well, episode five is number two on the all-time downloaded and listened to episodes. So, Mrs. Whitman, I'm so thankful that you're here to join us a second time. Welcome, Mrs. Whitman. Thank you, Mr. Horner. This is, it's an honor to be back. Well, it's an honor to have you sitting across from me. And if any of you are interested in Mrs. Whitman's story, uh, I encourage you to download episode number five and check it out. Uh, But today it's a little bit different. We're kind of heading a different direction and certainly bits and pieces of your life will ebb and flow within this discussion. But the reason I I wanted you to to have you back, besides the fact that you're just an absolutely incredible human being and uh, one of my best of friends, but because you're at a milestone in your life right now. I am. You want to share with our audience what's about to take place in just a few short days? I don't. No. Um, <laughs> oh, there goes my whole interview. Right? <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, you're moving off script. Come That's on. That's it. Sorry. Um, I am stepping down. I am choosing to retire at the end of this school year after 32 and a half years of teaching with a little bit of a gap to, to stay home and raise my kids. So um, it's a big life change. Yeah. You know what? 32 and a half years of teaching. I want you to know that that's longer than the average age of the person who listens to this podcast. Wow. I can see that in the analytics. Our target is like 18 to 28, 29. So for a good chunk of our listeners, you've actually been here in the trenches teaching longer than they've been alive. Yeah. I look around the building and I don't see very many faces that were here when I started. There are one or two maybe mm-hmm. still here but yeah it's a long time yeah. doesn't feel like it's been that long though I mean truly it, it doesn't feel like I've been here that long yeah I remember um, our conversation yesterday when you looked at me and you just said it's here I blinked mm-hmm. and it's here and I actually shared that conversation with every one of my classes yesterday because we just talked about how quickly time time goes by it, it, it really is. I know it sounds really cliche, but I mean, think back. What grade school classes do you remember? What grade school teachers do you remember? And if you think about that, does it seem like it's been 
10 years or you know 12 years and that's how quickly it goes and then when you get older and you perhaps get married and you start raising children then you're living your life kind of through the eyes of your kids and it truly you wake up and all of a sudden you're not that young anymore and you don't know how you got here it just happens that quickly hmm. yeah I was thinking about when I first started teaching um, and you know of course I began at the middle school but then when I was bumped up here to the high school that was the year that you were out with your brain tumor and um, so do you remember what year that was 2003 2003 so 2003 I get moved to the high school and there was this legendary teacher that I hadn't met Sue Whitman uh, Sue it would have been Sue, Wells Sue, Sue Wells yeah. <laughs> I was like okay quick, quick, quick. Yeah. it was Sue Wells and um, and everybody just kept talking about you know who you were and how amazing you were and Mark you're gonna love her wait till you meet her and um, and you came back at what point did you come back? My surgery was in July of yeah. 2003, but I had complications literally on the day of the teacher meeting to come yeah. back to school. Um, in fact, I had a doctor's appointment that morning, and I was told that I had to go to the ER and get admitted because I was having complications. Hmm. And I got in the car uh, with my husband, and we were driving back to Talmadge because I needed to get my room set up because my goal was then I would turn back around and go get readmitted, but I wanted to have my room ready to go and have mm. copies done. And I got a call from the doctor's office and said, where are you? You're not admitted yet. And he said, turn that car around and get up here now. Wow. So I was out, did not start that school year, and I came back maybe mid to end of September. Okay. Yeah, so I just remember I started, that's when I first started the high school. That's my, that's how I know that's when I was here. Yeah. And everyone was just like, wait till you meet Sue. And, and who is this legendary Sue, uh, Sue Wells? And I, I do remember us meeting and we found such common ground because yeah. of our faith and because of our, our you know, common commitment to, to our calling uh, here at the high school. And um, it was just a, just a friendship from the beginning, yeah. a powerful friendship. So it's, it's got to be a little bit surreal to know that you're kind of at the end of the, the journey. What kind of emotions are you feeling? Oh, um, I'm all over the place, and it depends on at what moment you ask me. There are times it's yippee, I can't wait, because I hate when my alarm goes off at 5 in the morning. <laughs> um, other times I just kind of look around my room and think this has been home. Mm -hmm. And I'm here in this building for however many years we've been here. 12 or 13, maybe right. even 14. But I can still look out in my room and picture where my kids have sat. You know, mm. I can tell Dane where he sat and Eli where he sat, you know, and I can do that going back years of remembering mm -hmm. kids, picturing them. And so for those times, it makes me sad to think that I'm not going to have that anymore. I will miss the relationships. Yeah. Um, because that's what brings us back every year yeah. is feeling like we make a difference mm -hmm. and if 
I'm not making a difference with anybody but my husband and my dog. It's, <laughs> it will be a sad day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that's not going to be the case, but uh, uh, we'll get to that part about the repurposing here in a moment. But it, it's funny you would mention that because today, I just you know, you're getting stuff ready and, and tearing stuff off the walls and cleaning cupboards out and all that, just trying to get ready for summer break. And I found an essay written by Logan Banks. Okay. You remember Logan? I do. And, uh, and Logan would sit right there where that young man, Chris, who was yawning over there, that was Logan's seat. Every time I look over there, I think of Logan and an, uh, a past guest, Brian Cook. The two of them sat next to each other right there. Uh, so I, I sat there and I read it, and I know this sounds a little sentimental, but I'd look up and I'm like, I could see Logan, mm -hmm. you know, and then I think about him. This dude's just got his master's degree. He's going to be a school counselor, you know, and he's that's doing, awesome. he's helping coach. He's doing these great, amazing things. But yeah, it's just, that's neat what you brought up. I, I can look in every yeah. spot in this room and I see students there. Yeah. There, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's always a little terrifying when you see a student that they'll come up to you when you're out in the public and they'll say, hi, do you remember me? And I will say to the kid, if I don't, because you grow up, you look different after a few years, and I'll say, give me a name. And if they give me the name nine times out of 10, I've got them in a seating chart, yep. and I can place them <laughs> in an era, and then it brings the, the flood of memories comes back. Yeah, well, this can be a little, um little professional development for spouses of teachers as well you know and Dave's gonna listen to this but Dave yeah. can hear this my wife can hear this other uh, spouses of educators you know when you're out and about and you see the kids out in public if I don't say their name right away I keep telling my wife if, if you don't hear it within the first five seconds just quickly introduce yourself uh -huh. and then then I'll I it's easier for me to apologize and say oh I'm, I'm just so sorry Sue that I didn't introduce you to, to Jen you know yep. and I can cover it up a little bit as opposed to us all standing there awkwardly and you know the, Dave Dave already does that very yeah. well because I've Dave had, would do that, yeah. I've had to do it for him on occasion because he'll see kids that he had when he was a children's pastor yeah. or a youth pastor and he won't introduce me right away and I'll say hi I'm Sue what's your name and then they'll say it and then Dave goes on in the conversation like he knew right away who it was yeah. but we've had to save each other on numerous <laughs> occasions That's so, awesome. yeah so in 30 plus years of education, all of which have been here, mm -hmm. uh, you're one of those faithful who stay here and you've planted roots deep in, uh, in our school culture. What has, what has education been like? I mean, how has it changed in mm. your 30 years? It, it has changed in a lot of ways, but so have the kids, so has society. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think we have gotten away from some things in education that I'm a little concerned about. We've gotten away, I think, from some of the disciplines, um, some of the basic things. We focused a lot on relationships, which I think is amazing, especially coming out of COVID. Mm -hmm. The whole relational thing has been important. But in a sense, I think we've not given kids your age um, some of the basic skills, coping hmm. skills, and proper responses and things. So it, that's that's a, that's a tough question mm -hmm. to really zero in on. Um, well, you know, to your point, one of our colleagues, Misty and I, we, we were uh, having a conversation today about just the art of reading mm -hmm. and reading aloud, and how for a period of time, 
taking class time to intentionally focus on that kind of went to the wayside, right? It wasn't one of the new trends and now, and it was considered kind of old school, but now people are understanding the psychology behind it, you know, the, the brain-based research behind it. So there's kind of a return to the way things used to be right. uh, and a recognition that those things, whether it's an academic skill or a social skill, those things are vital. Well, yeah. having been around as long as I have been, I have seen the whole cyclical yeah. uh, aspect of it because there are things that we've been introduced to and we all sit around the lounge and go, <laughs> oh, yeah, this will be gone in two or three years. Yeah. So just kind of buckle in and let's do the what we have to do knowing that in two or three years or maybe five, it'll change yeah. and we'll get back to this. But the one thing that hasn't changed is the kids in the classroom looking to us for leadership, looking to us for examples, and in the process, hopefully instilling in them some knowledge and and some values and some e examples of how to deal with life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, it, when you sit back and you think about the responsibilities of being a teacher and how you are upfront and visible, you know, for a good chunk of their lives. It becomes a little intimidating, but then you begin to understand the, the responsibility of it, right? How, right, how important it is. So um, as an educator, and when you look back at all these years, what are, what are the things in this profession, this calling? I hate to call it a profession. Yeah, in this a call, calling. Yeah, mm -hmm. in this calling that most excites you. As you reflect back, as you think about those periods in these 32 years, um, what would what were things that would happen that would get you most excited about being a teacher? I was never one of those people that dreaded getting up in the morning. Mm. I love coming to work, making connections with the kids. I love getting, this is going to sound so silly, I love getting invitations to graduation parties. Um, I love getting, after graduation, I love getting a Facebook request, friend request, because I I love seeing where my kids have gone from ages 15, 16, 17 years old. What are they doing when they're 30? What are they doing? Are they having kids? What's, what career did they finally choose? Um, I think that, notice, no offense, my joy doesn't necessarily come from my coworkers. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come from sitting in a teacher's lounge and talking to people, although I love this man dearly, um, <laughs> and my husband knows that. So, <laughs> um, but it comes from mm -hmm. this. It comes from a, a kid sitting there and asking a question that is really a, a well-thought-out question, and it makes me realize, okay, out of 20 kids, that one heard something mm -hmm. that lit a fire under them. Yeah. You know, that's what excites me. Well, taking both of those uh, things that excite you uh, and reflecting on them, so social media and then watching your students uh, just grow into young adults and then older adults mm -hmm. and parents, um, I always crack up during election time <laughs> when kids are all over your Facebook feed and they're like, I understand this because of, you know, Mrs. You know, Wells, Langford, uh, Whitman, and, it, you know, and, and they're, they're always just chiming in and they're saying thank you or they'll catch an episode of West Wing yeah. or, you know, one of the characters will show up and they'll, they'll throw something up on yeah. social media and, and give you a shout out on there. And that is the thing, yeah. you just go, we don't get much reward 
um, high school teachers in particular, we don't get gifts very often. Um, our gift is when a student takes a minute to write a note or a student, a former student takes a minute to, um, to say thank you or you see somebody out and about. I, I ran into a, a young woman uh, at one of my grandkids' basketball games and I recognized her. It took me a second to pull up the first name. I got the last name, but she had a couple of sisters and I wasn't certain which one she was. And she just came up and she said, um, I voted today. I mean, she's in her 30s, but she wanted to tell her old government teacher that she voted. Hmm. That, that's what. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. That's why we do what we do. Well, you and I have had this conversation before, but these notes and these little, when, when former students, our kids, like mm -hmm. I had this conversation with my class today. I'm like, listen, you are forever my kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you guys this right now. You're my kids. Some people in the world of education are like, no, you don't call them your kids because those that's for your kids. Well, since my real kids have been born, I've always referred to my students as my kids. And that's what you are. So when our kids, you know, they reach out and they do at you on Twitter or they send you, they, they slide into your DMs, you know, or... Uh, <laughs> if the audience could see all the awkward looks we just got there, right? Um, but it, those are bonus checks, yeah. right? They're bonus checks. And um, and you received one recently from a former student, and it, it made you just light right up. I mean, you want to... Yeah, I, you're talking about my New York City? Yeah. Um, I, there's a, a young man that graduated, um, I can't even tell you how long ago he graduated. 2007-ish, I think, maybe, 2008, yeah. yeah. And he's uh, currently living and working in New York City and has an incredibly successful business, uh, career. He tours with uh, a couple of bands and he plays on a late night talk show um, in the band. And I reached out to him because I'm going to be in New York City in a couple of weeks and just said, hey, if you're going to be around, I'd love to meet up with you. And we've kept in contact over the years. And, and he just was so kind in responding that one of the things that he learned from me and others in the building was, you know, how to think for himself and how to um, challenge himself. And he didn't have to do that. He didn't. He could have just said, "Yeah, I'll be in town. We'll meet up." Or he could have ignored me. But he went an extra step to say thank you. This is what I learned in your class. Your career made a difference. Your your choice of teaching made a difference and that'll get me through the next five years yeah it will yeah your bucket has been filled it has and um and there are just thousands like literally if you go back there and you think about the number of kids that you've had an influence on there are thousands of kids who are are going to think about that when they hear this because a lot of them don't know that you're that you're uh you're repurposing yeah right? he didn't know until i guess he saw mr householder's um tweet from yeah. friday's open house yeah he said he saw it on Twitter. Yeah, so it's, it is a powerful position to be in. And, you know, I think I get so excited when I think about, like, on the, the other end where we've got aspiring teachers who are, you know, excited to venture into this field and they're, they're, they're fired up to, to get into a classroom and start changing lives. And I can't think of a better gift for them to, than to have you pass on some advice to a new teacher. I mean, what would you say if there were, if this were a classroom of aspiring teachers now, I mean, what bits of advice might you have for them? I think one of the things that we do as teachers is we do 
get caught up in the day in, day out grind of mm -hmm. it. Um, and then we feel piled on when our building or our department says you got to do this or the state says you got to do this. I really think the best advice somebody gave me was close the door and teach your kids. Mm. So leave some of that external stuff out in the hallway. Deal with it when you absolutely have to. But other than that, your home is in that room. Close the door mm -hmm. and teach your kids. Yeah. So it's so important to be able to do that, right? Because um, a teacher wears so many different hats, yeah. and when you're when you're coming in in life, and that's one of the things about you that I admire so much. Um, you know, I jotted down some thoughts, and one of the thoughts that I put down, and I've shared this with you, is that you are the most resilient person I know, mm -hmm. and. Um, you're also the most real person because I know that there have been times we've had conversations at your desk and you've been in tears and you've been angry, but then when that bell rang, it's go time. Yeah. It's go time. And you were able to, um, you could, you would even mention appropriately to your kids that there, today's a struggle, but you were able to just take care of business and just teach your kids. Well, I mean, as much as it is a calling, it is still a job. Yeah. And the parents that are at home are expecting me to not bring my personal stuff into the classroom. Yeah. So when at all possible, it's my job to focus on what the plan is for that day. And it, oftentimes the lesson is an escape. Yeah. When life gets really, really hard on, on the, the home front in some way, um, it's a nice diversion to be able to focus on what I love to do mm -hmm. and not have to think about the hurt or the heartache or the pain or the anger or whatever it is that you're dealing with at that point. Yeah. Well, I know as, as a younger teacher and then just, you know, just kind of growing into my role as an educator, that is something that I have learned from you mm -hmm. and I appreciate so much. I have, I've also learned from you to maintain balance. Um, I sit back and I watch uh, how you balance so many different things in your life and how you spend so much time with a large family. A large family. A large family. Very blended family. Very blended family. <laughs> but then you also find time to go see Need to Breathe and you and your husband do different things all the time together and you have these hobbies. Uh, you know, because for the longest time it was difficult for me to do that. It was difficult to, and it still is, to just go into shutdown mode and say, okay, that's school, now let's focus on we, this. Yeah, you and I have had that conversation yeah. on a couple of cases. You know, yeah. when I see you kind of stressing and, yeah. and just at your end, and it's like, Mark, you got to take a breather. Yeah. You've got to take a step back and go on a date with your wife yeah. and meet us for dinner. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. For real. Well, you know, and it's uh, your relationship with your husband is another thing that I do um, just aspire to have our relationship be like my wife and I you know, the, the time that you spend together and, you know, just the, the conversations that you have, it it truly is kind of a, a model. And I get it. We all have struggles. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not sure. trying to idealize this relationship. I know that. But I just think that you guys have set a, a, an idea in place for me where we want to be when my wife and I are. Well, I think part of that comes from the life struggles that he and I both had prior to meeting. Yeah. Um, and you, you get to a point in life, having gone through the heartaches that we'd had, 
to finally come together and realize what a gift it is to have met somebody at this point in life. And his, when he asked me to marry him, he says, please don't expect me to make you happy. He said, allow me to add to your happiness. Wow. Which made such a world of difference because when you're young, when you get married, when you're 22, 23, whatever, you just think that the world revolves around that person and it's up to them to keep you happy, make you happy, buy you things. And by the time you get to this point in life, you look and you go, no, no, I've got to be okay with who I am. I've got to be happy with who I am and what I am. Hmm. And then, then you find that compliment that says, I can add to this. Yeah. yeah. And that's, wow. that's, but that comes from a lot of life and a lot of living to yeah. be able to reach that. And I was fortunate enough to have God give me that. Well, as you share it with me, and then you share it with our audience, I hope, I hope those who are listening, no matter what stage of life they're in, are kind of like me and thinking, okay, I gotta, I gotta grab a hold of that, learn it now, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and continue to grow. What are you most excited about now that you are entering into a repurposed stage of life? <laughs> what are you most excited about? I, I don't know if excited is the right word. Um, I honestly, Mr. Wood asked me <clears throat> Friday. He said, "I know what Mrs. Giles is doing." What does retirement look like for you? Is he trying to get you on the sub list already? <laughs> no, not yet. Um, but his my response was real, and it was, I honestly don't know. I, I really have no clue. I'm just kind of hoping that as I pray through it and walk through it that it becomes evident. I don't want to sit at home and do nothing. I, mm -hmm. I do want to read books that have nothing to do with government for a while. <laughs> um, and I want to play with my dog and, and do some traveling. But in terms of what kind of second career, second go around, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. it, it could be that I just dive into volunteering because that is something I've not done a lot of other than at my church because teaching was so consuming. Mm -hmm. um, it could be that I am the greeter at the Brimfield Walmart saying, welcome to Walmart. <laughs> um, it could be that I... <laughs> I could see you there right? with a smile. And yeah, welcome yeah. to Walmart. No responsibilities, little blue vest, so I don't have to worry about what I'm wearing. Um, but I honestly don't know. Wow. You keep telling me that there is a repurpose in, in my future, but I'm not real sure yet what that looks like. Well, I, there's no doubt in my mind that I just see so many different things that you are passionate about, besides the obvious ones like family and Dave and, and your puppy. Um, <laughs> but I, I just see the gifts that you have, the experiences that you've been through, um, and the manner in which you tell your story. I mean, if our listeners are, uh, when they listen to episode five, if they haven't already, I mean, just your story itself and the way that you teach it, you, you talk about it, you're such a storyteller and it's moving the way that you've allowed yourself to be used through the difficulties of life. Um, it's a story that more people need to hear. So I, I, I foresee you, I think you should start your own podcast for one. And then, you know, you're writing a book and then you're going to go on a book tour and you're going to become rich and famous and then you're going to pull all of us out of here. We can retire early and okay. join you, okay? Okay. We'll go on that. Uh, okay. You can be my, my 
daily podcast interviewer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, we will do that. We'll come up with a good name for it. Um, but I don't know. It's it's surreal to even think about. It, it is. It's it's exciting. It's terrifying. Um, I don't want to waste it. And I think part of it, I would love to keep teaching because I still love what I do. But in the last two years, I've lost two friends, um, one to suicide and one to a stroke. And one was only 59 and one was only 66, which may sound ancient to you, but that's not that old. And they both expected much more out of life. And so I look at that and I think I, I want to I want to move forward because I don't, I don't want to work until I'm 75 or 80 hmm. and not be relevant and then wake up and be diagnosed with an illness two days later. It still could happen. There's no guarantee. But I do want to look at life and say, okay, God, what, what else is, mm -hmm. what's my next path? Hmm. And I, I don't want to be the one that decides it. <clears throat> until I see where it, it's supposed to go. Talmadge has played an integral role in your life and, um, and you have played such a big role in so many other lives. Uh, there's just Talmadge people and Talmadge kids. Um, what are your final words for Talmadge? I'm gonna give you the mic and let you just share from your heart. This is such a good community. This is, I always laugh when I hear kids in the class talking about, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> and then 10 years later, they're moving back into town because this is where they want to raise their kids. And so I guess we are, we are blessed with a phenomenal building. We have a great staff of people. Um, this school and this district has, has given you everything that you will need to be successful. It's just what you choose to do with it. And I can't imagine a better place. I, I really can't. I, we almost moved to Talmadge a number of years ago, and at times I wish we had. But I'm also glad I didn't because it's nice to be able to go to the grocery store and not have to put makeup on if I don't <laughs> want students seeing me that way. Um, I am forever grateful for the path that I've been on here. I've made wonderful friends, and um, it's, yeah, it's been just heaven, this side of heaven. Yeah. Well, Talmadge is better because of you. Um, our kids are better because of you, and I know that my wife and I, my family, are, are definitely better because of you and who you are. So, um, when you moved to the high school, well, when I moved to the high school and I heard about you, I was very much intrigued to meet you. And when we met, we clicked. So, I've always been in awe of your compassion and your empathy and your resiliency, your faithfulness and your boldness. So, I appreciate the fact that the storms of life haven't defeated you. You've weathered them courageously. You should be right in there in the Hall of Fame of Saints, Hebrews chapter 11, the new addendum. Put Sue Whitman in there. Your foundation is deep and it's strong. 
and I appreciate you more than you ever know. So I love you. And one thing I know is repurposing is going to look very good on you. I love you too. I hope you enjoyed our interview today. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. And also feel free to follow me on Instagram at, at Mr. Horner, the teacher, or on Twitter at THS Mr. Underscore Horner for podcast updates, blog updates, and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, go Blue Devils.